Welcome to The Bee Podcast. The mission of The Bee is to create an inspiring platform for all women of every age group to have meaningful conversations with the intent to genuinely understand each other's journey, to listen to stories similar and different than our own, engage in each other's triumphs and failures, hear and validate one another on the separate unique journeys we have traveled, the loss we have endured, the joy we have encountered, and the reason behind the lessons we have learned. Bees symbolize community, personal growth, and power. And that is what we aim to do here. Create community, foster growth, and empower women. I'm Cami Milliken, and this is The Bee Podcast. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Bee Podcast. I'm Cami Milliken. Today, we get to hear part two of Alicia's story on the physical and emotional abuse she endured by her fiance. If you haven't already done so, please make sure to listen to last week's episode in which Alicia lays the foundation for the story you will hear in this episode. We begin today with the marriage proposal that proved to be the catalyst to the end. This episode does contain adult content not suited for children. Additionally, this information may be triggering to some due to the nature of the content. Please be advised. Now, without further delay... The finale to Alicia's story. Right, that's what your life was supposed to be. You yeah, that. You and I, that. I mean, what girl doesn't dream of that? Sure. You know, I had told him many times, like, if you propose to me, I don't know that I would say yes. Like, this is your sign, fix it, or I'm leaving. Well, then he proposed to me, and it was. Did he do it in public? In front of my mom. Yeah. Sister. Yeah. Nephew. My son. You know, so like, what do you do? Yeah. But was it videoed? Yeah. I think yes. I remember seeing that. Yes. Yes. Okay. So then, okay. like, I was kind of... Yeah, that's why... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this is going to sound horrible, but I was annoyed because I told him that if he ever proposed to me, like, it was important to me that he got good graces from my grandpa and my mom because, you know, I didn't have... My dad was never around, so my grandpa was yeah my father figure. Well, he didn't do that, probably because he probably would have said no. <laughs> Because they knew that he was emotionally abusive. They just didn't know about the physical part. Because anytime I had bruises on me, I lied. Yeah. You know, I fell or I hit my leg on something sharp or, you know, right. whatever. The excuses. Um, so I said yes. And then things were good for a couple of weeks. Yeah, it's and, like cyclical. Yeah. yeah different. So I, you know, I started planning our wedding and, you know, thinking of all the things that, you know, I wanted because, you know, this was my dream. And then it just started going down the hill from there. And thing, I think, I don't know, it's just my opinion on it. I think it was just a distraction. Yeah. Because I was questioning if he was using. Yeah, sure. Um, things were starting to get physical. So he had already exhausted every other good grace, you know, mm-hmm. as far as, like, cleaning the house or doing something nice or, you know, picking All flowers. Because, you know, yeah. you know, when he would buy me things, they ended up broken. I mean, I don't have one thing that he made me or gave me or, uh, he made me a sign one time with a wood, like wood, a wood burning sign, you know? Oh yeah. Like a piece of wood and he burnt into it, like our names and established whatever date and like drew hearts on it with, and I loved it. I hung it above my sink. Well, during one fight, he ripped it down and threw it in the fire. You know, it was just things that he knew he could hurt me with. So he had exhausted all that and okay. I'll ask her to marry me yeah. because that's what she's wanted. You know, that's what she wants. So maybe I'll, if I do this, this she'll I be can, too. I can t- continue to control her. Yes. So, yeah, these little pieces of, yeah, you know, like Because she's going to leave and, me eventually. Yeah. 
But if I ask her to marry me, that's going to distract her. I need control a little yes. bit longer. Yes. Yeah, sure. Okay. Because prior to, he hadn't been physical in front of the kids, except for that one time when your son was so small. Right. Okay. In the bedroom, yeah. Okay. So then it started getting uh, more, but, you know, his daughter had seen some fights, and it turned into, you know, no matter what daddy did it was she did it so there was a few times that you know pushed me held me down and I started swinging to get away well beforehand what led to the fighting or the they swinging didn't, didn't get brought up oh she would okay. she when reporting it to someone else yes okay it was she hit my daddy they were fighting and she hit my daddy so I'm I mean in some people's eyes I'm still the monster because you know so I, I just never I mean, we're two years out now, and I've just, this is the first time being extremely open about it. You know, whatever. I just owned it because I didn't want anyone to know. Okay, fine. You're right. I overreacted. You know, I hit him. But he also hit me, pushed me, and choked me out. Yeah. But you don't know that part because I'm not going to let you know that part. Yeah. So he was always victim, and gosh, everybody enabled him, still enables him everything i mean he's just he's just well because it's all secret it's all quiet yeah, it's, he's it's just always victim. no matter no matter what he could do no matter what he could say poor him always just well, poor him yeah you know and and i won't say that i was ever perfect because it, i'm not you know and there's things that i have you know done or said that probably led to a few arguments but no matter what you don't deserve to have your hands anyone's hands put on you yeah it don't matter. Right. Yeah. I could call you the hugest piece of shit. Don't choke me. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. I shouldn't have said that, but... You shouldn't be choking me. Yeah. I don't, don't deserve your hands to be put on me. So, what's... Do you remember the kids... Do you remember any time where the kids saw you being... Yeah. So, it was the very... Our very last fight. Um. So, on two days before Valentine's Day, I just had a hunch I never went through his phone but for some reason I just had this feeling because things were just getting more and more secretive he was working all day in a factory and then he was working um in a different town bartending for extra money which I appreciated in the beginning but then it got to the point that he really just didn't want me to come to the bar yeah and hang out and because I would you know I would make it a point to you know get a sitter and go and spend that time with him even though he was working I yeah. was still there with him. Right, sure. And he liked that in the beginning of him working there. And then it got to the point where he just didn't want me there. And then I remember it was a couple of weeks before Valentine's Day. I had went, and he didn't know I was coming. I was trying to surprise him. And I had walked in. He was in the back room, and I had walked in, and he was texting someone. And I seen him hurry up and swipe out of it. So, well, who are you talking to? Don't worry about it. I was like, well, I am because you just hurry up and hid your phone from me. Sneaky. Yeah. You know, like, I wouldn't have cared if he finished what he was doing, put it in his pocket. Whatever. Not my business. I don't care. But it should never be a secret who you're talking to. Right. Or, you know, if I ask you. And so then that just became an argument. Uh, so a couple of weeks later, I just had a hunch. And I went through his phone. And I had seen some messages. And then I seen, like, his Snapchat best friends. And I was like... Why is she his Snapchat best friend? What the hell are they Snapchatting about? Like, they don't need to even converse. Right. So, I dug deeper. He's asleep, mind you. We have a sectional. 
-hmm. and he's asleep on one part of it and I'm maybe two cushions down and I was going through his phone and I happened to just dig a little deeper and got in his emails and happened to see or no I got into his apps and I seen he had some hidden apps so I unhid them and went into his email and got a code to access these because I didn't know his password. Mm -hmm. um, so I had got this code, you know, they, I had his phone, so they sent the code to right his to text message. So I was able to get into this hidden gallery that he had and found pictures of a woman that we were very familiar with. Woman that was planning to craft our wedding. So I was like, huh. Why are there pictures, naked pictures, and very explicit pictures of this woman saved in my fiance at the time's phone? Uh, and this is what two months after he proposed to me? Yeah. Uh, so like, why propose? <laughs> How long has this been going on? Yeah. Right. Um, this is a f person that we have been around as a couple, mm -hmm. you know, a family friend really of theirs, and older lady and I'm like huh so of course I'm instantly pissed yeah so I kicked the recliner and woke him up and I said what the hell is this and you know tossed the phone at him oh it wasn't for him she was sending it to a friend of his at work to him I said well why why the hell didn't she just send it to his phone well because he didn't want his girlfriend to see okay well he shouldn't be wanting these pictures if he has a significant other mm-hmm so then it was an excuse. He's trying to get out of it. Yes. Yeah. So then I messaged her and said, well, just so you know, the wedding is off thanks to your pictures. And of course it was an apology. I never meant for that. They were, it was like they had a plan of what they were going to say. Those were never meant for him. I told him, I told his ass to delete those. I said, well, you shouldn't have sent them to him in the first place, knowing that I was with him. Like, right. would you want your significant other receiving pictures? Right. And then saving them. Like, whether you said to delete them or not, he still received them and he's still seen them. Right. That's a problem to me. Right. There's... Right. <laughs> so, so then I decided that this isn't what I wanted. So, yeah, on February 12th, I tried talking to him. He wouldn't talk to me about it. And so I decided that my son and I, were, we were leaving. So I was basically... Everything that he did to me up to this point had no measure on how I felt at this point. I felt disgusting because first off, what has been going on that I didn't know about? Is there anything physical that has happened that I didn't know about? And then now, has she been in my house when I'm not here? Yeah. You know, so all of these thoughts are going through my head and then, you know, and okay, so why did he feel the need to this? Like, you know, this lady was a lot skinnier than me. So is he not attracted to me anymore? So then it's automatically... Because you're used to, like, it's got I, it's got to be something to do with fault. me. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's my fault. It's definitely and it's so, be my fault. Yeah, so then I was just basically shaming myself. And then I decided that, you know, this isn't what I want and I'm, I'm leaving. I don't deserve this. No matter what I look like, no matter what, leave me before you cheat on me. But then he wouldn't have that control. Exactly. Yeah. So I left. And at this point, he had no control and he hated it because we left and I went and stayed at my grandpa's for a couple of days. And mind you, this isn't the first time like I packed my duffel bag and and left. When my son was five months old, I did the same thing. I mean, he missed 
him rolling over for the first time because yeah. we weren't living there. And it was me begging for him back when I left because, you know, I left and then he used that as, well, here's my freedom. I'm going to go to the casino. I'm going to go do this. I'm never going to have my phone on, you know. Mm-hmm. So then it was me begging for him back because, you know, the life I expected is the life I wanted. I don't care what it took. This is what I wanted. So when I left this time, I was dead set. I'm not coming back because I don't deserve this. I don't. My kid doesn't deserve this, you know, and, but what am I going to do about his daughter? Yeah. Am I still going to be able to see her? Like, am I going to have any contact with her? So then I spent Valentine's Day with a couple of my close friends, which was a good Valentine's Day, but this time it was him begging me to come home. And that felt good. Like, he hadn't done that, but it took something significant for him to realize, shit, maybe life is better with her here. Well, he, I mean, and he had no control. He needed, he needed to have someone to. Well, and he didn't have anyone to take care of him or, or his, you know, his daughter. Right. What was he going to do? He wasn't going to be able to do anything. Right. If he He had to take his freedom. Yeah. So then, you know, he apology after apology, just please come home, please come home. And at this time I had had an interview on the 16th, I believe. February with Vermeer so I went and did my interview and then I decided that I was going to go back it was the next day I think the 17th I yeah so on the 17th I decided to go back everything was okay I came home to a daisy um, in a vase that he had bought me and a little card that basically was a huge apology and saying that he you know he can't live a day without me and he will do he will prove every day that he loves me more and more, you know. Okay, cool. Maybe he realizes he screwed up. A couple of days in, I just couldn't let it go. Just couldn't. Yeah, I mean, I was hard. heartbroken. Yeah. I was, I just felt like, and I was just extremely more insecure than what I already was, which I'm not sure that that was really possible. Yeah. So every time he grabbed his phone, like, I just, who you talk to? What are you doing? You know, and then every day. What pictures do you have on your phone? Let me see your phone. Like, and I did not want to be that person. Sure. Yeah, I hate right. that kind of person. You know, like, if you can't trust me, then don't be with me. Mm-hmm. I didn't trust him. And that's a big thing with me. You know, communication and trust. Like, if you don't have those, then what do you have? Right. You know? So then I just couldn't let it go. And there was, uh, on the t- on the 21st, yeah. So on the 21st, the night before I left we had gotten into another argument and he called me a bitch and he was in the bathtub and he had a foam cup full of pop from the gas station you know and he had called me a bitch and I was just over it and I just decided that I was gonna kick the cup I mean I don't even I don't know what possessed me to do it I was just mad and all of my emotions and feelings and everything was just there and I just snapped and so I kicked the cup, and, well, that just escalated a lot. Um, well, I mean, how dare you for... For acting out. For, yeah, for you having know, any... Yeah. For, for responding to the way I'm talking to you. How dare you? Um, so that turned into him immediately getting out of the bath, and I was a dumb cunt. And then he got dressed, and then, I mean, from then... From that moment, as soon as he got dressed, mind you, both of our kids were there. He had gotten dressed, and basically he just grabbed me up, and it was just a fight. I mean, he grabbed me up. It 
he was calling me every name in the book. He had a vape pen and um, that got chucked on me. I was sitting on the floor like crying basically and he chucked it at me and it shattered all oh my on my gosh. leg. Just broke everywhere. Jeez. And I had a huge, huge bruise like instantly because um, it was one of those heavy duty yeah. five different pieces screws together vape pen. Yeah. Not just the little SIG pins that you can get now. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, so that busted across my face, or not my face, my leg. And then, of course, I got mad and ran down the stairs after him and just kept the argument going. And because, I mean, I mean, there was points that I feel like, you know, you get so mad that you just have no control of what's coming out of your mouth or just anything. Well, you've been, yeah, you've been beaten down for so long right so um the argument went downstairs and i you know i told the kids stay upstairs and i shut the door behind me because this argument was getting resolved and everything's getting put out right now right here right now because do or die like that's just what it is with this relationship right now like we're either going to make it or i'm leaving like make it or break it and we went down there and we started arguing and just words and words and words and words and then he pushed me and I pushed back a few times and he ended up grabbing me by my throat and put put me against the basement wall and it took everything I could to hold myself up holding on to his arms so you're off of the ground I'm off the ground like probably a foot off the ground and, and he's got you pinned and, to a wall yeah, by your neck. holding by your me throat. up by my by my throat. And I'm holding on to his forearms just because if I drop, I don't know that I'm going to be able to get enough strength to pull myself back up or get pry his hands off my throat. And so when I look into his eyes, it was just, I don't know. It wasn't who I fell in love with. It was just someone else had taken him over. And, you know. It had never gotten to that point. Before. No. And it was just, it was just like looking into like a demonic person. I don't know how else to explain it. And, you know, I had been questioning the drug use for a couple months at this point. And then it was just kind of one of those things like, this isn't him. This isn't, you know, what do I do? How do I get away from this? And then about that time, our two kids come walking down the stairs. And so they're seeing They you. see this. And I don't know how long that they were down there. I don't because there was like a it was our basement was like a two section so like the stairs would come into a room and then you'd have to come like around the corner okay and then there was a back room that led to outside so we were in that back room so I don't know how long they were in the stairwell mm -hmm. I don't know what they heard I don't know what they seen I don't know um, my son was two at the time so um, yeah, so he has me held up by my throat, and I see the kids, and then instantly it was, I have to get out of here. He is going to kill me. Like, just the look in his eyes, he was not letting me go. Something had taken him over, and he did not realize, well, maybe he did. I guess I don't know. But from the look in his eyes, he didn't know the grasp that he had on my neck. So... I was looking around for everything I could even see that could possibly be in arm's reach that I could let go for a brief second so I didn't drop. And I happened to see in the corner of my the corner of my eyes we had a shop room and like it was in just reaching distance and I grabbed it with my right arm 
and was still holding on with my left, trying not to drop and had my feet hooked on the wall, you know, trying to support yeah. that way. And uh, so I grabbed it and hit him over the head with it. And he, he let me go. And of course I was a Gasping. stupid bitch for, and you know, oh. I couldn't, at that point I, nothing hit. So, like, so he's still name calling yeah. you after you've. So I, I drop, like he drops me and I grab my son and we run upstairs. Like at this point I just run in the bedroom and with the kids and just shut my door and crying like crying because hysterical yeah i in that moment did not think i was making it out of that basement alive so i went to the bedroom and just stayed in there i mean i could hear him yelling and throwing stuff and slamming the doors he left i don't know where he went i don't even know if he took the car i don't know i stayed in my room i just knew he left i didn't sleep that night and um, eventually he came back. We had a couch. We had a closed in front porch and we had a couch out there and our old couch that we just moved out there when we got our new sectional. And at some point in the night he had came back and was sleeping out there. So I knew he was home. And so I went in and just laid down and then the alarm for him to get up for work went off while well, he was outside. So he didn't hear it. So I went out and was like, hey, your alarm's going off for work. And then, well, that was just the wrong thing to do because, you know, he was still pissed off. So then the fight just continued at 3.30 in the morning. And he didn't end up going to work that day because the argument just kept going. And I just kept going to different rooms to just get away the kids are sleeping so and I'm just trying to just escape this argument all morning and finally I have to get his daughter up for um school and then he just starts fighting more this is the 22nd of February and I finally you know get her ready and she was getting picked up she got picked picked up for school and rode to school with like uh, friends so I get her ready and he's still arguing, still fighting. And he grabbed, we had like a, it was like a board with like, you know, kind of like candles, but I had it filled with rocks. Okay. Like yeah. a glass, basically like, like a, a mason, mason jar. jar. Yeah. Okay. So he grabbed one of those. I don't know why you would go out of your way to grab one of those off the wall, but he grabbed it and threw it like in my direction. I was in our, our bedroom. He threw it in my direction and I was able to shut the door in time before it hit me. Well, it hit the door and just shattered. Mm -hmm. I mean, rocks and glass just went everywhere. The kids seen that and um, I felt horrible for sending his daughter to school because how traumatic, first right, off. Right. And I mean, she was going through enough emotions anyways that, you know, going in, uh, what was she, first grade? Yeah, first grade when this was happening so just going into this it was like I just felt like a huge piece of shit yeah and so so she went to school he ended up leaving and yeah so he left and went to his brother's and was working in the garage over there and you know I spent my day trying to gather myself be a mom clean my house and just try to get my emotions under wrap and it just was not working so I went over there and I was like we need to talk and he wouldn't talk to me and his brother ended up kicking him out and was like you need to go figure this out 
And he came back and he just was mean. And I said, you know, what do you want? Do you want me to leave? Is this what you want? And he said, yeah, I don't want to be with you. I fucking hate you. I said, okay. So I packed a basket of my son's clothes, packed a duffel bag of mine, and we left. And that was, I left him, but it really wasn't my decision in the beginning because it was just always that way yeah. when I left. Um, so then that next day, I got a phone call, him yelling at me, what the fuck did you do to my daughter? The, what do you mean what did I do to your daughter? Like, you beat me in front of her. What do you mean what did I do? Well, there was allegations put on me that I had assaulted her. So basically, we were getting ready to go for full custody. And Prior to leaving. Yes. Okay. So it was, and there, yeah. So it was that that came up, and I was like, what do you mean that there's charges? Like, I've never hurt this little girl. I stayed for this little girl. Like, I went through hell because I didn't want this little girl to live in hell. And, you know, retrospect, our life was hell. But I gave her structure. I gave her love. Everything that you could. Yeah. 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 So, again, my world, you know, I wasn't okay with leaving in the first place. Because if it wasn't for this, I probably would have went back. Just like I had every time before. Even though now, I feel like if I would have went back, I would have either been hospitalized or dead. Yeah. On our next fight. I mean, yeah, what more could happen? How much more would it escalate? So, um, yeah. So, I had to... I was offered... The job at Vermeer. So then I was fighting this charge that I did not do in any form and just plain accusation and I don't know. So it ended up, so for about six months, so this was a long drawn out process. You know, DHS got involved and I had to hire an attorney. I mean, I don't know that I had to, you know, and, and it was a simple assault, but it was a simple assault that I didn't do. Yeah. So I was like, I am fighting everything I can because I didn't do this. You know, nobody at this time, I couldn't tell anybody. I couldn't even yeah. talk about it. And I, at that point I felt like I had nobody. Mm-hmm. So when I left, I moved to my grandpa's for a couple of days and then I ended up, my aunt had an extra bedroom. Um, so my son and I ended up moving in with her. So for about six months, I like begged. I just made it always convenient for him to see our son. Basically just begged him to talk to me because this isn't what I wanted. This isn't what I expected, you know? And even though my life was complete turmoil and he didn't have my back in any way. Right. Because his was, well, what do I do? Have your back or my daughter's? I said, you have the truth's back. You know, and it wasn't about having his daughter's back because it wasn't her words. And so it was kind of one of those things, like, I had to have a reality check with myself because the person that is supposed to support you and have your back through everything, you know, the person that I said yes to spend the rest of my life with. You imagined, yeah. Has, does not have my back. Right. You know, and... Which is even scarier in that situation, yeah. too. Yeah. So, I'm like, great. Like, I am fighting this battle purely on my own. So, it ended up getting dismissed because it was founded untrue. 
So then, you know, I was slandered and blasted and whatever. I mean, just whatever. And yeah, because I knew I didn't do it, so it didn't bother me. Like, yeah. your opinion of me doesn't matter to me. And, you know, there was comments on Facebook, you know, on posts that were made. And I'm like, you know what? I don't know you. So your opinion of me just doesn't matter right now because right. I know that I didn't do anything. Right. So he's seen our son, barely, minimal. But I always just made it convenient. Like, your son wants to see you today. Can we meet here? Meet me at the park, blah, 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 blah. Well, then once he started not having control, he just wasn't. So I ended up moving out while he was at work, actually. Yeah. I went back on my 29th birthday and two of my really good friends, bless them and so thankful for them. Mm -hmm. They pushed back everything they were doing that day because I said, I like, I need out. I need my things and I can't do it while he's there. Yeah. Because I don't know what it's going to turn into. Right. So we left at seven in the morning when I knew he was at work and started packing my things. Well... A family member drove by and seen me, and the cops got called, and he tried getting me removed, but of course I was on the lease. There wasn't anything they could do. I just told them I was there getting my things. You know, we got in a fight. We weren't together. I just needed to get my things and my son's things, and I just wanted to do it as peaceful as possible. And so the cops talked to him on the phone, and he gave them gave me permission to be there and get my stuff, and he's like, she knows what, what's hers which, mind you, most of it was mine because I had a house prior. So I guess I don't really know what he meant by that. But, yeah, so a couple of his family members stayed there while I was packing, which was irritating, but whatever, you know. So I, my f main focus was to get my son's stuff out. My stuff, whatever, I didn't care. I could probably live without it if I had to. So that was my main focus. So I packed probably 95% of his things. I just wanted to make sure that that went first and my sentimental things. Everything else, my clothes, everything else could have been replaced. So um, we got all of that packed up and then I emptied, you know, like my closet, my dresser and little things. And he had text me that he was coming home on lunch. And I was like, oh no, oh no, you're not. So I made it a point that we were out of there by 11 o'clock. So I'm trying to pack everything. I mean, nothing was ready. Everything was lived in, you know, and he hadn't touched the house since our fight. So, I mean, this was six days later. So I'm going around everything, trying to just grab what I can. I mean, you know, when you live in a house, there's things that you put places that, right, you know, and there's things that you just don't think about that mm -hmm. you have. So I grab, you know, what clothes I can and I left my entire kitchen. I left, you know, everything besides clothes, my TV, and all my son's things. Well, not, I mean, so after he just didn't have control over anything, still to this day, that was the worst possible thing I could have done is move out while he was at work. It's just like one more thing that he can pin on you. Right. Well, and he didn't have control over what I took. But he attempted I to did. have control. Like, yes. I'm coming home at this time. Yes. And see... I think the interesting thing about that is he could have just decided to come home and not have told you. Right. But it's very, it's a, it's a technique to, like, I like you need to know to expect this. Because yeah. that is a form of control as well. Right. Which is just incredible to me. Right. Um, and such, so abusive. So, okay, so Alicia, you have gone through this crazy relationship. 
after having like former trauma, I mean, your self-esteem and your, your self-worth like had been really just shattered. So as someone who has lived this, what would your advice be to someone who is maybe going through a terribly abusive, like physically or emotionally relationship? Well, it's not worth it. <laughs> it's really not. And there's just, there is life after abuse. There really is. Um, and there's so much help. I started attending therapy for myself and my son and yeah. best decision I could have probably ever made. And, you know, I had attended therapy before, you know, for the trauma I had experienced before, but it was something that I wasn't open about because I was embarrassed. Like if someone knows that I'm seeing a psychiatrist, they're going to think I'm crazy. You know, it was just an embarrassing thing. And now it's like, I think everybody should go talk to a therapist. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> yep. You know, it's just someone that is an outsider that just has great advice and just knows things. And, you know. Helps you feel like you're not crazy. Yeah. You know? And, you know, and I completely understand not wanting to get people involved because, you know, even my best friends didn't know, you know, because I didn't want them to know. And you yourself you just deserve better like emotionally mentally like it's just it's a silent killer really absolutely it's just a silent killer whether it's emotional or physical i mean you literally every harsh word spoken you lose a little bit of yourself yeah and that's not okay like that's not the way of life that's not and every every time it makes it harder and harder to leave, like, you know, gain enough like yes. energy even to think about putting yeah. yourself. Yeah, I mean, first. it was just, yeah, and I mean, still to this day, I struggle with putting me first, you know, because I, you know, like an I'm an empathist, like I put myself in everybody else's shoes, and I feel like I should take on that responsibility and that stress in their life or whatever just to relieve them a little bit and I and that's just how I've always been yeah so just trying to change that but my advice like it's not worth it you know and one of the biggest things that I wish I would have realized before you know the saying actions speak louder than words is true absolutely true like you need to put that in every aspect of your life you know if you're not getting if they're saying, I'm going to do this, but never follow through with it, then that's probably not a good sign. It's a problem. Yeah, it's a problem. They can't hold themselves accountable for something that they say. Yeah. So then we have accountability. That's becoming a process that they can't well, follow through with. And then not to mention, like, I'm sorry, I won't do it again. Right. But... But then do it again. Yeah. You know, and then it might just be a little worse next time. Oh, I didn't mean to. All of this, 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 and this, all this stress. Okay, well, I have stress every single day, but I'm not going to punch someone in the face just because I'm stressed. Right. You know, so, I mean, just your first sign. If, you know, you set a boundary and if they can't respect it. If it's a reasonable boundary, yeah. Yeah, you know. And, you know, I struggle with the anxiety now, you know, if people don't if they say they're going to do something you know even if it's I'm going to be there at 7 30 and it's 7 45 and I haven't heard from you then I start getting anxiety because okay well we set this time for a reason like 
you either be here or just be gone. <laughs> well, and yeah, making those making those expectations. Yeah. So known then too. Yeah. Yeah. So then you know, just saying, okay, it bothers me, you know, that you can't fulfill, you know, this time. So if you can't fulfill this time, then maybe we maybe we just shouldn't, you know. Right. Just boundaries is just a big thing. Absolutely. And, and healthy and necessary. Yeah. So necessary. So, I mean, just early signs, just don't ignore them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and it, if you catch yourself making, making excuses, excuses yeah. yeah, catch that. Yeah. Okay. So then my last question will, will is how do you, or what, what advice would you give to someone who's like a support person for um, a, a woman or a man who has experienced domestic violence? Let them talk because I think that's the biggest problem. And, you know, try, I mean, even I have this problem, like putting myself, you know, like my experiences with things like, oh, well, this, 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 and this happened to me. Like, try not to do that. Oh, right. Listen to listen yeah. and not to respond. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so because then, you know, typically like, well, in my, I'm like, okay, well, they it's have invalidating. problems too. So right, and it's invalidating. So yes. like right, which is I'm so okay. Yes. Yes. Yep. I mean, in the beginning, I mean now, like I can have conversation and you know, with people, and you know they can talk about their experiences, mm-hmm. and then we can share, you know, how how things went from that process, you know. But just listen and let them talk to you, and don't. Don't feel bad because you didn't know because you would have known if they wanted you to know. Mm-hmm. You know, just like in my case, I have, you know, very close friends and, you know, now they tell me, you know, I, f- I felt bad because I didn't know. And like, what was I supposed to, like, I should have stepped in. No, because I didn't want you to. I just wanted you to be my friend in the world that I painted for you. Mm-hmm. And I painted for myself. Like, yeah. It was... I, I mean, if you go back and look at my Facebook, like, there was no sign of anything. Right. You know, it was... We it's had him. such a great family. I was so blessed. You know, I loved my life. In retrospect, I hated waking up in the mornings. Yeah. You know, because what does today have in store? <laughs> right. You never what knew. fight are we going to have today? Yeah. Am I going to... What do mess? the dishes wrong. Yeah. You know, like, what am I going to do wrong that mm-hmm. is going to trigger him? So it was constant walking on eggshells. Sure. You know, so just just be there. Like, let them vent because that's the hardest thing to do is just be open. You well, know? and you're never, you, you've never been allowed to. Right. You've never given yourself permission, number one, right. and then to have someone yeah, and just then sit when, and listen. And when I did, you know, when I did try to express my feelings, then they were stupid feelings. They were... Right, to your... Yeah, and, yeah. you know, they weren't real. It was just made up in my head, you know. You're imagining this. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so, I mean, this is, you know, before this interview that, you know, I've had anxiety over it, you know, anxiety that, you know, there might be repercussions that come from it for, you know, speaking out about it because, you know, there's things that people don't know, you know, and for four and a half years, I was the monster, you know, and nobody wants to believe, you know, no matter what, I wouldn't want to believe that 
my family member was this person. Yeah. I mean, yeah. who does? Right. So, but, well, you know, I can't help anyone or let anyone know that, you know, this does happen if I don't share it, you know. Right. And, you know, it's taken me, you know, I've been gone for two and a half years now. And you still have things. Yeah. That I mean, there's you. things that people that don't people other than my therapist don't mm -hmm. know. Just let them talk and just be there. Be support. Well, and I think it's it, I think your story is important, obviously, and it needs to be. Although your story is unique to you and your experience, I feel like I mean, and, and the numbers say state that domestic of uh, domestic violence is so common yes and it's it is something that is kept so secretive mm -hmm. and so i think you by you coming out and sharing your story i think it is really really important for other women to be able to have to just listen to and empathize with and maybe take that first step that they need right. to in order to leave yeah and i mean just even you know and i thought that my son would have no no repercussions from it because he was two. I mean, but it it does happen. I have my son in parent-child interactive therapy mm -hmm. because he did experience mm -hmm. trauma. Not he can't voice things, but there right. was things that would be done or said. You know, there was one time specifically the reason I put him in therapy. You know, he had a lot of behaviors, and I was just you know I just thought okay, well this is just age appropriate. Like he's just terrible toots. Yeah. No. <laughs> It was not. It was trauma twos. <laughs> like, yeah. Um, you know, he was just aggressive all the time. And there was one time that I was just, I just was crying because he kept hitting me. And I said, why, why are you hitting mommy? And he said, my daddy did it. I lost it. Yeah. Like, completely lost it. This is not okay. Right. Like, because before then, I didn't realize that he remembered or that right this was traumatic to him i guess yeah so yeah getting him that not just him because he's never alone it's me and him and it's ways for me to learn him mm -hmm. and to help him to help structure emotions well and you're both healing through that yes. process too. and um you know he experienced something and i don't want him you know i can't speak for him and then maybe you know maybe day, later down the line he can tell his story you know of yeah, right. Things, you know, because right. I, I don't know how he feels. I can only, I only know what I intercept from him. So trying to learn appropriate ways to, you know, so we do a lot of time in. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you heard that, have mm -hmm. heard of that before, but yeah. um, when he's acting out, sometimes it's just because he is he's, feeling the abandonment yeah, yeah. and he just needs to feel loved. Mm -hmm. And you like. I feel that in Attention. my soul. <laughs> Can someone just hug me? Like, I'm just right. having I a need bad time day. In. <laughs> I'm yes. having a bad day. We all just need hug time me. in. Right. So, yeah. So, if you think that your kids don't feel it, they do. And it's and whatever picture you're painting, whatever excuse you're making, like, this is what I, this isn't what it was supposed to be. This is what you expected. You know, my therapist says that a lot. A lot of people use this is how it was supposed to be. No. That's what you expected it to be. There's no supposed to be. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, ultimately, as a parent, you never want your kids to hurt mm -hmm. or feel hurt. 
and that's probably the hardest thing that you're putting them through is watching their parent I mean man or woman yeah be abused like because in turn that's affecting them yeah and yeah and I didn't want my like you know at the very last of you know the last fight it was a coming to Jesus you know like my kid is not going to grow up this way yeah my kid is not going to think that it's okay to lay his hands on someone just because he was angry or because he had a bad day at work or because had a little too much to drink yeah or, or yeah. because the wind blew differently yeah, like sure you know it's you deal with it you know and what you're doing is so helpful for yourself but also for your son um in getting the therapy getting that help yes in order to cope and you know if I didn't have the therapy like I don't think I could be the mom that I am yeah if it wasn't for because before it was just constant like I was just constantly exhausted sure like I didn't enjoy life I didn't enjoy anything you know I was depressed I was hurt I was broken I was everything I mean I just I there's not a word to put on the feeling that I was feeling. Mm -hmm. And I just, my son was paying for it because I couldn't give him me because my me was gone. So just having that as, I mean, I had my family, I had my friends, but it was just, that's just different. Well, and it's so heavy. Yeah. I mean, it's what you're living in. It's right. And I just, again, I don't want to be a burden. Right. So I don't, I didn't ever want my family to feel like they had to sympathize for me. And I didn't want my friends to like feel guilt because they didn't know. And just, I just wanted them to be my friend. And I didn't want. You're still like in the, like, I I need, like, I need for things to be a certain way. Like, I just need things to be normal because my life isn't normal. Yeah. So I just need that normality outside of me. Yeah. So just. Um, going to therapy was probably the very best thing that I could have done. And yeah, yeah. And even, oh my gosh. And even if I think maybe you're too scared to take the step of actually leaving the abuser, maybe just go talk to somebody, talk to somebody that is, that is completely neutral. Like you don't know them, you know, and maybe they can help you because, you know, you hear the word narcissist and you don't really know. Um, until, you know, obviously he's never been diagnosed with narcissism or, or being a bipolar or anything like that until I started going to therapy. It was like, all of these things are pointing toward bipolar and narcissist. And, you know, I was like, I Googled it, like Googled his actions and get narcissist, you know? So it was just, okay, well, yeah. So here's the traits. And then like, so now, you know, where I'm learning, adapting, you know, of, well, what led to me falling for narcissists, you know? So, and in turn, it goes back to the trauma, you know, and me being like, I'm a caretaker. Right. As a person. Right. So Mm -hmm. these people, they needed me. Yeah. Like I wanted to fix them. Well, and it's, it's good to be needed. It feels good to be needed. Yeah. But, um, but it's not worth it's, your... Yeah, but it's your, nice when someone else, like, makes you feel... I don't know. 
takes your emotions and needs into account, you know, and I just didn't get that, you know, and I told my therapist, you know, I honestly feel that I know what love is to my capability, but I don't know what it's, what it's like to be loved at someone's full capacity back. Yeah. If that makes any sense. So I loved my son's father to what I could give for what I was receiving, Mm -hmm. you know, and Gosh, if I was giving, getting what I was giving, couldn't imagine what that would have been like. But, you know, and it was just one of those things that after time you just have to learn, like, it's not all you. Yes, be accountable for things that you put into, you know, the fights or the relationship or what, you know, hold yourself accountable, but don't ignore the signs. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my gosh, this has just been fantastic, Alicia. I'm so proud of you for sharing your experience and making it known so that other women can also feel they're not alone. And Right, um, you have a voice. Right. And I'm just I just am so glad that you took the time to be willing to share this. Um, I think it's gonna help a lot of women, absolutely. So is there anything else that you have to say that you'd like to impart upon our audience? I don't think so. Just, yeah. Find your worth. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah, Find your worth. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being here. This has just been a wonderful experience um, and really eye-opening and just wonderful to listen to you. So, okay. Thanks for having me. Yes. Thank you. All right, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. Please make certain that you tune in next time for the Bee Podcast. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. If you or someone you know is quietly suffering, please reach out and seek help. The primary goal of the National Domestic Violence Hotline is to support survivors 24-7. Visit thehotline.org. Upon your search, a safety alert will appear stating that computer use can be monitored and is impossible to completely clear. If you are afraid that your internet usage might be monitored, call the National Domestic Violence Hotline at one 800 799 7233. Make sure to rate and review our pod so that other women can find us and hear these incredible stories. Join our Facebook community at The Bee Podcast. Thanks again for your support. Without you, the project and this broadcast of these stories would not be possible. My sincerest thanks for your continued support. I'm Cami Milliken, and this has been The Bee Podcast.